Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast with Tim Sievers and Pastor Corey from Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. We're glad you could join us for this week's edition of the Church on the Hill podcast. Uh, welcome back to the studio, Pastor Corey, <laughs> or welcome back to your your studio, I guess, since we're in different studios in different places, we are. such yeah. as our life these days. Um, but good to be back with you. It's good to be here, Tim, uh, for our regular podcast, uh, talking about our upcoming sermon scripture and just uh, briefly what's going on in our, our church congregation. It's kind of the the calm after the storm of, of Christmas and New Year's and getting into new routines of the new year. Um, and, uh, you know, that's where we're at. As far as the church, we don't have a ton of stuff going on. A couple things, though, on, on the radar. We do have an, an our annual meeting, uh, which is important. If you're uh, a part of our church family, we invite you to that. It'll be on Zoom. You can either video in or call in. There will be information forthcoming in church email, or you can call the office directly to get that link, it won't be posted on Facebook or anywhere. You have to get it uh, directly from an email or from us. But that's on the annual meetings on January 24th, right, Tim? Right. At 5 p.m.? That's right. And generally about an hour. And it's it's important. I'll say that it, for for what we're doing as a church, we, we review what God did in our midst uh, in the previous year, in our ministries, uh, what the financial status of the church is. Um, there's reports from different aspects of the church. Uh, there's opportunity for you to interact. If you have questions or things you want to share, uh, you can do that. And so, um, yeah, the annual meeting, January 24, 5 p.m. I invite you to that wherever you live, you know, uh, with the power of Zoom, you can uh, call or video in from states away or uh, uh, across an ocean if you wanted to um, and that that's something that has happened in this year is we have people that participate in our worship services and in in uh, a couple instances in our bible studies and bible reading groups that are in far-flung locations but they're but they're participating in the life of our our church so that that's an interesting thing that's uh, developed uh yeah you know yeah um Unexpl so blessing <laughs> yeah yeah through the accessibility of technology which i know i want to say there's some fatigue to all this i think tim and i would love to be doing our podcast together at a table together and uh, um you know and and other things that we'd love to be doing right but uh but it's not happening right now but but on the flip side technology has allowed us to do some things that we didn't do before or didn't even think of before. So we need to give thanks for those uh, blessings. Um, so that's one thing coming up. Um, oh, the mid-month mailings coming out, Tim. Do you want to talk about that? Probably should be in the mail towards the end of this week. You might get it this weekend or early next early week. Next week, yeah. 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 So we've been trying to increase our communication with folks, uh, since we're not meeting together, our, our traditional place of information dissemination is on a Sunday morning as people gather uh, for worship. But because we're doing that online, um, we've been trying to provide extra communication. And so each month we're doing a mid-month mailing and uh, this week's will be going out, as you said, we're hoping to have that ready at the end of this week. So it's in mailboxes um, Saturday or early next, early next week. Um, uh, don't be too judgmental against us if it doesn't. Uh, the, the mail's been super busy 
uh, lately. And uh, so some some things are taking a little longer to get to us than we than we hope. But uh, there's going to be some information in there and some updates um, about uh, some of our metrics for reopening. Um, and, and so it's, it's an important one to keep your eye out. It'll also have information about the annual meeting, which you just talked about, uh, a reminder for how people can get that, uh, get connected to that. So those will be the two main things uh, to be on the lookout for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it'll be mid-month mailings brief. If you don't receive it uh, and you'd like to let us know, we'll add you to the mid-month mailing list. It, it's a way of keeping up to date um, kind of on our, our status with everything going on, especially COVID-19 related. So there will be some very objective things coming out about uh, youth group reopening, Bible study reopening, and just reaffirming uh, what, is, what is the measurement so that we can open for uh, in-person worship. And uh, so look for that um, coming out soon, as Tim said. So um, yeah, if you'd like that, let us know. Um, Tim at policechurch.org. They'll throw you on the list. Um, and if you live far away in another country, but you want to know, um, for whatever reason, we could always send it to you as a PDF or in the, in the email. So, yeah. Right. Cool. Um, nothing else to report that way. Right. I mean, we're, this is the calm after the storm. We don't have a ton of events, um, to talk about. So that's, that's okay. It is, yeah. Uh, just, I was thinking after we discussed in our pre-podcast meeting, uh, we didn't mention, and I, I hesitate to, but one thing that is coming up and is the spiritual growth plan relaunch uh, mm -hmm. that we've been talking about for a couple of weeks. Um, so without getting into too much detail on that, can you tell us just a little bit about what that is and the process for how people can connect to that. Yeah. that that's a big project that you and I are working on and Tina a little bit too. Uh, spiritual growth plan revised and updated for 2021. Uh, it's, a, it's a binder full of stuff to help uh, to help us spiritually grow. Um, and it, it covers everything from what is worship to how do we study the Bible? What, you know, what are some ways I can develop prayer in my life? Um, it has helpful resources that you can read or listen to. Um, it, it has all kinds of good stuff to help you grow spiritually. You can work through it front to back. You can work through it uh, on a particular section of your choice. Um, you can work through it with one of your groups. You work through it as a couple or as an individual. Um, it's really a flexible guide to help you grow. So uh, it's going to be well over a hundred pages. We know that already. It was, it was the 19, the 2019 edition was 84 pages, I think. And, but I, I don't want to, it's not 84 pages of reading. There's a lot of spaces to reflect. There's, there's, uh, biblical, uh, passages to look up and read on your own. Sometimes we print the Bible right in there and you read and reflect on whatever the given subject is. Uh, there's things to try to put into practice in your life, some challenges to do that. And so it's, uh, it's aimed at being really practi practical to, to grow in depending on Jesus, right? right? We as a church are depending on Jesus. So how do I do that in my life? What does that look like? Um, so covers a range of range of things. So we've really 
added some good sections. We're still working on it. So if you want one, let Tim know, um, tim at policechurch.org. Um, and again, if you live far away and you prefer a PDF, ele electronic version, once it's done, we'll get it to you. We're talking end of January at the best, maybe early February, uh, because we're, we are still developing the content. Um, and then we've got some editing to do. And then we got, we make these ourselves, you know, print them and everything. So, um, we've got some work to do, but, uh, really looking forward to it and want to get it into people's hands. So the pre-ordering it, letting us know if you want one really helps us know, um, how many uh, of the first round we need to make so right excellent perfect well that leaves us with a discussion of the scripture for this week's sermon uh, which comes uh from the gospel of john uh, we're continuing our, ser our our series uh that you may believe uh and we're in the fourth chapter of john so with that being said I'm going to turn it over to you because you're the man who's preaching. So uh, <laughs> we're not going to read it this week. And we talked about that last time we got together. Some of these scriptures are, are longer passages and it would take five minutes just to read that. Um, but this, this is one of those uh, passages, which is yeah. a big yeah. chunk of chapter four here. Um, but yeah. uh, we're going to be talking about a pretty, uh, Pretty radical, pretty radical story and, and experience that Jesus has with a woman in Samaria. So uh, tell us about that, Pastor Corey. And yeah, yeah. So, so, so it is the basically the, the big chunk of chapter four. We're covering this week verses one through 30. And then next week, we're covering uh, 31 through 45. And G it, it's basically about Jesus taking a trip with his disciples to Samaria and uh, which is like enemy territory uh, for Jewish people at that time Samaritans and Jewish people didn't didn't deal with each other very well and there's a history there and Jesus ends up at um, at a well um, outside of a town his, his disciples go to get food in the town for, you know they're hungry and uh, a woman comes to the well and it's a familiar story for many but uh, new to some of course and uh, the woman's come to the well in the middle of the day to draw water. And, and that's unusual, well, that, right? That is unusual because you usually come in the, the morning or the, the evening, you know, the cool, a cooler time of the day um, to get your water for, for whatever you're going to need it for, right? Uh, and so this, this woman has come in the middle of the day when she probably expected no one else to be there. And she's probably what we would call persona non grata. You know, uh, nobody wants to be around her. Uh, uh, we find out later that she's been married multiple times. She's she's in a relationship at the present time and she's not married. Um, and that was uh, not a good thing then. Uh, and and so, it, yeah, Jesus is meeting with a woman individually of, of a, a people group that his people group, the Jewish people conflicted with. And she's uh, uh, morally scandalous, according to some. Now, uh, I, I want us to consider that, that this woman is probably also a victim. And I'm not trying to make everybody into a victim or something, but in, in the ancient marriage law, both the Jews and the Samaritans, 
the man had the power essentially, or the ancient interpretation of Jewish and, and Samaritan marriage law. So they had come to the point where they, if a man wanted to leave a, a woman, they could. And common things were, you know, a man just grew tired of a woman um, or the woman didn't produce um, children and they didn't like that. Um, so uh, men could dispense of a woman and this woman had had five husbands previously. And so it's very likely that she'd gone through a series of uh, getting thrown out, you know, um, um, some people see this woman as just a, frankly, use a vulgar term, a slut, you know, um, uh, but I think if she had committed adultery five times, she wouldn't have that culture, um, you know, so I don't think the reason that she is losing marriages is that she's cheated multiple times. Um, I, I think that men have chosen to be done with her for whatever reason. Mm. And, and so now she's at the point where she has to be with a man that won't even marry her. Um, and Jesus knows all this in the story. He knows this. He knows this and doesn't let her know that he knows it until kind of middle, middle of the conversation, which is interesting. Um, so I think it's pretty awesome that Jesus chose to go through Samaria. He didn't have to. And I think he wanted to meet with this woman who's had a very difficult life by any measurement. And he wanted to introduce himself to her as the Messiah. And that's where the conversation ends up going. He reveals to her uh, that he is the Messiah. And he had said before that, that he's the living water, that if you, if you have the living water, your soul will never thirst again. And we get to see, I guess, the puzzle pieces come together for this woman. And she realizes that she's in the midst of the, the Messiah, you know, and, and that changes her purpose that changes her life. Um, she, you know, we don't know everything about her future, but we know at that moment, she leaves the water jar there, which was her whole purpose for going to the well. Right. And she goes back to the village and she tells her, her villages, you know, is, is this not the Christ? You know, he's told me everything I've ever done. Is this not the Christ? Come and come in here for yourselves, basically. And um, I think that's awesome. Her purpose switches from, you know, trying to avoid people and the name she probably gets called and getting water in the middle of the day for a man who won't even marry her. And, and now she, her purpose is to tell the news that the Messiah is here and he's come to me, even me. And, and he knows everything I did. And he came to me is the implication there. And if he can come to me, the, the, the person in town that nobody wants to be with, you know, that's good news, right? We have a Messiah who draws near to us. And, uh, and as he said, who's willing to give us living water, the spirit welling up from inside of us uh, is what God wants to do in our lives. So this story is filled with good news and hope uh, uh, that, that God loves us and comes to us and wants to give us um, himself, his living water, and give us a new, deeper purpose for life. Um, what, what do you, what jumps out to you with this story, Tim? What's your favorite part of uh, the woman at the well story? Uh, do you have a favorite part? Uh, <laughs> um, well, one of the things I really appreciate a appreciate about it is the language that surrounds uh the language about thirst 
Um, I think that's something that a lot of us can relate to um, and uh, what it means to be thirsty. And then once you get the drink, what it means to be satisfied and uh, to no longer thirst and to look at the world that we live in, to look at our own needs that we have, our, our own our own existence and, and, and to see that Jesus is the one who can quench our thirst. Um, and, and that if we turn to him and rely on him, if we depend on him, then we will never be thirsty again. And um, I think that's a helpful image for us as Christians. And I think it's a really important truth uh, for us that if we want to be satisfied, we shouldn't be looking at the things of the world or what can we do or accomplish or become in order to be satisfied with life. But if we turn to Jesus uh, and rely on him, we can find uh, completeness um, and completeness and purpose and belonging. And we can um, find a fulfillment of all that we really desire uh, in him. Uh, so in this part of the story, I really like that uh, imagery. Um, and then in the second half of the story, we'll get to that in the second half. Next, yeah, yeah. Uh, my favorite part, or one of the things that sticks out to me a lot is in the second part of the story. But yeah, uh, yeah. until next time, you know, same bat time, same bat channel, you tune in next week and we'll talk about that. So Yeah, well, good lead in. Uh, you know, the end of the story, here as we have it today through verse 30 uh it says they went out of the town and were coming to him it's like a cliffhanger except in reality in the gospel of john you can keep reading but that's where we're going to leave it it's like oh they're coming out to him you know but a crowd of samaritans uh what will this unruly crowd do no it's not an unruly crowd it's a crowd that's been stirred up by a most unlikely evangelist if we could call that the woman at the well an unlikely evangelist, you know, a good, a good uh, news sharer. And, um, and so I, I just think that that's awesome that she's, her identity has changed from uh, town uh, scandalous woman to, to town good news sharer, um, you know, and that's pretty awesome. And, and, and I guess the bigger picture there is that, that Jesus can change people, right? And we shouldn't give up believing that Jesus can change and grow us. And we shouldn't um, ever give up on believing that Jesus can, can change and grow other people. Maybe there's a, a hard case in your life that you've been praying for for a long time or, or a person who, who looks broken by life. Like this woman surely looked broken uh, by what has happened in her life. Whatever interpretation you take of it, she's had a very difficult life. And that doesn't mean that God stopped caring for her. I think God was paying special attention to her. And um, he reveals more about himself here to her than, for an example, than he did for uh, Nicodemus in the earlier chapter, in chapter three. You know, Nicodemus, a religious ruler, uh, righteous, has a good reputation with his people. But Jesus kind of challenges him. Uh, but Nicodemus has had, you could say, kind of an easy life, a good life. Um, he's respected. Uh, but God loves Nicodemus, but Nicodemus's needs were different than, than this woman's needs. And God meets us wherever our needs are at. 
Nicodemus needed to be challenged. This need, this woman needed hope and a new purpose and comfort. And God was all about giving that to her. Pretty awesome. Yeah. And so cool too, that, um, that it happens in the place where it happens and with a person of a, of a nationality that's a, or group people group that's enemies of of the people that jesus belongs to uh but showing that god's love is for all people and even our enemies and those who don't look like us uh talk like us believe like us even um god loves all of them all people have value to god and i think that's an important lesson here too are you sure tim I am Didn't the Bible say we only have to love people of the political party we're a part of? <laughs> it's not in there. <laughs> it says, uh, it says, love your neighbor as yourself and uh, pray for your enemies. And uh, those who are you saying our neighbor could be someone who's ethnically different than us or someone who's had moral struggles? Should we just love people who are doing good? <laughs> nope, we love all people. We love all people because all people have value to God. Um, and that should really mark uh, how we respond to other people in the world around us, uh, treating one another uh, in, our, in our church, in our family, in our business relationships, in our, uh, in our um, uh, political debates uh, as people who have value uh, to God because uh, they were created yeah. in his image and he loves them. He died for them. He died for the people who you consider, you might consider your enemy. Um, yeah. Don't like you believe like you. Yeah. I, and I think one of the things that we do in our culture, and somebody brought this up in one of my Bible studies is we put labels on people and then it's, it's easier to hate a label than a real person. Right. And so you know, there's things, we'll just, I'll just say a couple of them. I mean, we, we might call somebody a libtard, you know, or we might call somebody, you know, that's on the conservative end. Uh, it's not funny, really. Uh, <laughs> <That one. laughs> you've, not, you've not heard that? I have not heard that one. That was funny to me. Sorry. Uh, I wasn't you sure. serious? You never no. heard libtard? No. I'm okay. Not. Uh, or, you know, you might throw up, call somebody a fascist who's really not a fascist. I guess you could call somebody who has fascist views, somebody with fascist views, but, you know, throw around um, fascists or even labeling somebody just instead of talking about them, labeling uh, somebody as a racist or, or, um, or using a racist, I won't use racist slurs or, but there, there's different labels. My point is there's different labels we can throw at people. And then, and we, we, we find ways to demon nice people with our categories and i think part of the story here is this woman is a human and i think one of the reasons she's unnamed and nicodemus is named is because nicodemus needs to be named and called called out and he was he was obviously i think somebody was involved in the early church and he may be given given permission to be named in the gospel but by the the samaritan woman not being named she's not being devalued she's in a sense representing all women who were mistreated and are sometimes labeled and disregarded. So I know that why is she not named? I think she's named to, in a sense, stand up for women and Samaritans who are not treated as human beings. So the woman at the well is a real woman with a real name and a real background and a real history. Um, but she also represents other real people who um, 
who have names and, and struggles and trials that God loves. And so, you know, that person that you don't like that you've called a name, uh, and by a name, I mean a category, you've labeled them. They have a name. Maybe they, I'm not trying to make excuses for some of their behaviors, but they have a story. They have reasons for choices that they've made. Maybe they've made some terrible mistakes, but just labeling them, dismissing them, dehumanizing them, um, that's part of our problem as human beings. Uh, that's part of what we saw in the Capitol Hill riot and insurrection is uh, people can get out of their mind and, and um, attack others when it's a label and they can buy into conspiracies more easily when they aren't seeing actual people. Um, and I think, I think we've got some big issues on all sides of the political uh, structure system, whatever you want to call it right now, because we we use labeling as uh, too, too, too often, I'll just say that. So um, Jesus, I hear, is kind of trying to, or, or the way God inspires John to write this down, I think he uses the label of Samaritan woman, uh, not in a derogatory sense, but part of this is to subvert our practice of using labels to say if if Jesus can love a Samaritan woman, um, who he surely learned her name, because you're, you know, as we'll discuss next week, they were there for a couple of days afterwards. Yeah. So they could have included the name because John was there too, but, but he didn't. And I think that was on purpose. Yeah. I think that was on purpose. So we, we have to wrap things up uh, for today. Uh, so just as a reminder to everybody, uh, unless you have anything else you need to say, Pastor Corey, are you good? Okay. Um, you know, you can join us on Sunday mornings for worship on Facebook or YouTube uh, at 9 or 11 a.m. Uh, after those, uh, those get posted uh, in real time. And then afterwards, if you happen to miss it, you can come back to it later. It's going to be there. Uh, but we'd love to have you worship with us uh, as we as we read this scripture and others as we sing together. Uh, so join us uh, face, on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, we'd love to have you be with us. Uh, so all that being said, uh, you're going to say something? Just the same thing about this, like and share the podcast. You know, if you enjoy it, one thing you can do is share it. Um, and uh, we don't have much of that, honestly. And you could be part of changing that if of liking, sharing that, even giving a review on whichever platform you download it on. You could get, if you watch it on Facebook or listen to it on Facebook, I encourage you to, to switch to whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And unless you really enjoy watching it on, on Facebook, you can do that, I guess. But you can subscribe on um, a podcast platform. And that what that does is the more subscriptions we have and the more good reviews we have, it, it makes it more likely when people say, uh, if they search Palouse on a podcast platform, that ours would be near the top. And and we just, you know, we're not trying to toot our own horn, but we want it to have a little more reach. So if you could share, like it, uh, review it, give it give it a good rating. <laughs> and, uh, and also subscribe to it if you do uh, listen to podcasts. Excellent. So uh, thank you uh, all for listening and watching. This has been Tim and Corey coming to you from our Zoom studios here in the rolling hills of Palouse, Washington. And we hope you have a blessed week. We'll see you next time.